0: Hey disciples, welcome back to Holy Week. I am super excited. Are you excited to get to court with Jesus? Because <laughs> that's where we at. According to John, uh the first two courts that Jesus had to attend were the religious courts. It was like a combination of a prelim evidentiary hearing and a grand jury hearing it was a lot going on in these court cases now the first courthouse that uh Jesus went to was of the chief priest. His name is Annas. Annas is also the father-in-law to the high priest who is Caiaphas and that's the second courthouse that Jesus goes to. Now according to John Peter and another disciple followed closely enough but far enough behind when the guards had taken Jesus from the garden. Okay, And they follow him to the palace of Annas. Now, the other disciple, who is not named, he enters into the palace um, with no problems. Because according to John, he was known to the high priest Caiaphas. Now, when I read this, it kind of took me back to the Last Supper. Now it makes sense to me when every one of the disciples was asking... Am I the one that's going to betray you because now this reveals that more than one disciple had a way that they could have um, that they could have turned and betrayed Jesus now this other disciple after he gets in he notices that Peter is still at the door like a lame at the club that can't get in okay so this other disciple goes and talks to the door woman and says whatever he has to say. And then she lets Peter in. And the first thing that she says to Peter is, aren't you one of his disciples? That man down there that's on trial. And Peter says, I am not. He goes, fool, shaggy. It wasn't me. I'm not the one. So now he enters into the courtroom. Um, I'm calling it a courtroom, but it was his palace, his house. And he sits down and begins to warm himself by the fire. Because now it's cold there, apparently, <laughs> at night. So, he's warming himself up and he begins to watch the court case of Jesus. It's, uh, Annis versus Jesus. Okay? So now, as he's there, Annis asks him a question. He asks him, um... About his disciples and about his doctrine. So what he's asking him is, so you're a teacher. We, we receive you as a teacher, Jesus. So tell us about your students and tell us what you were teaching them. So Jesus says, um, why are you asking me? <laughs> why don't you ask them? They were there. They can tell you what I taught them. And as soon as the guard hears Jesus speak this way to the chief priest, he goes over and pops him in the mouth. He just, he hit Jesus. Now, Jesus responds to this. Basically, Jesus says, if I have done wrong or evil, where are your witnesses? Otherwise, what you hit me for? So now the chief priest, he's upset. He comes over to Jesus and he rips his clothes, right? Then he orders the guard to to arrest, you know, handcuff Jesus again and lead him straight to Caiaphas. So now at this point, as Peter is warming himself, one of the people that are also warming themselves up by the heat asks him, hey, aren't you that dude, disciple? And he's like, no, it's not me. As he's trying to leave, a third person comes. But this time, according to John, the third person to ask Peter if he was a disciple was the exact guard whom's ear he had cut off in the garden. Man, talk about a plot (laughs) thickening. So the guard walks up to Peter and says, Didn't I see you with him in the garden? And Peter denies it. And that's when the cock crows, according to John. So now here we are at the grand jury hearing at Caiaphas' house. It's here at this court case that they bring in witnesses. Now. <laughs> These witnesses are a hot mess because the first few witnesses didn't even have the same story. They weren't telling the same thing, so they couldn't convict him off the false witnesses because they weren't agreeing. The stories weren't collaborating or corroborated, okay? So now, the high priest, he's trying to provoke Jesus. He says, Don't you hear what these witnesses are saying? And you're not even saying anything? This is where we get he never said a mumbling word. It was only at this portion of his court cases that he did not speak so it's not that he entirely the whole time he wasn't talking or defending himself it's just this part of the questioning okay so that's where you have to discern your bible knowledge from you know what a song might say or you know what a movie might show you because you have to remember songs and movie all of that is for entertainment so they're going to give you the entertainment part of it and not all of the biblical facts okay so he didn't answer him when he said you know don't you want to you know question your accusers or face your accusers and you know say this and that jesus said nothing now the high priest asked him a very specific question he gets down to the nitty gritty and says, art thou the Christ? And according to Mark 13 and verse 62, Jesus responds with saying, I am. Okay. So now the high priest is like, well, we don't need to go any further. He's admitted to his, his blasphemy. He said, he's the Christ. Let's go. We can, we convict him to death. Okay. Okay. So now the whole high council, uh, Caiaphas, the Pharisees, the Sadducees and the scribes, they all condemn Jesus to death. And immediately, as soon as uh, they convict him to death, the entire gallery of the courthouse, all them people that just be sitting in the court, um, you know, sometimes they there for their own court cases. Other times it just be a bunch of looky-loos that's bored and they just sit in the court and watch the court cases go on. Everyone gets up and basically jumps Jesus okay they start hitting him spitting on him mocking him and according to the book of Isaiah they even pulled out his beard I mean jacked up the whole beard game man (laughs) can't mess with no black man beard now (laughs) so now according to Mark it's at after the second court that Peter denies Jesus okay so all the disciples agree that Peter denied it's just a few of them say it was after the first court case and a few say it was after the second whatever he denied (laughs) okay (laughs) he denied him but what Mark adds to this is even juicier Then what John added was saying that it was the guard from the garden. This time, a woman asks asks Peter. She says, "You talk just like him. Aren't you one of his disciples?" Now Peter has a decision to make. The man has just been convicted. And he's been sentenced to death. And now someone is accusing you of acting and speaking the exact same way as the condemned. He made a choice and he decided to disconnect himself from Jesus in this denial. The accused, the accusation was, you speak like him. And according to Mark, this is when Peter cusses. <laughs> he start cursing because Jesus didn't speak that way. And he's being accused of speaking like Jesus. So he decides to curse and deny that he's a disciple. Now, I took a survey and a poll from some street disciples on a different social media And oh my goodness, my question was, what do you think Peter said uh, when he denied Jesus to this woman? Listen, (laughs) the way that I laughed when these disciples, nah, these for real street disciples, okay? They in the streets. They had some interesting cussing combinations of what they thought Peter might have said to this woman to convince her that he was not a disciple. I don't want y'all to leave no voice messages on that. I don't want to hear y'all cussing. Okay. I just, even I had imagined what he could have said to convince her. Um, No, I'm not a disciple, you know, because that's what John said. John just put it nicely that he just kept saying, no, it's not me. I'm not the one. But according to Mark, he put a little extra on it. So now he's been condemned by the religious courts. But there's a problem. It's the holiday season. (laughs) They can't kill nobody during the holiday so this is the reason why they then take Jesus straight to Pilate because he's not a religious man. So he's not observe- he's not Jewish. He's not observing Passover. He is the government. Okay? So they take him to the federal court case in this in this instance. So this is where it gets even deeper. And we run into the pilot predicament. And it is a predicament that lasts even after the burial. (laughs) Pilot got problems. That was the rundown of the religious courts. When we come back, we are going to hit the takeaways of the religious court and then we're going straight into the pilot predicament. Alright? Get your heart, your mind, and your soul right. It's time to dig deep. With everything that Jesus I know that Jesus has done for me, and I'm reading these trials, and I'm like, Jesus can get one witness? I'ma be a witness, I'ma be
1: a witness for him, I'ma be a witness, witness, witness. i to witness, witness, witness for the Lord Everything He's done for me He's been my life so many times I can't count when it comes down to it Right hand to God, I testify About y'all Will you be a woman I just got to work and then boom, went blind Had to call my mama like, come get me please She like, why? I'm like, mama, look, I can't see I'ma be a witness I'ma be a witness for him I'ma be a witness, witness, witness for him So now we make it back to the house My mama say, Andy, you need to
0: lay down. So right away, I lay prostrate. I laid and wait, and I pray, and I pray, and I'm going to be a witness.
1: I'm going to be a witness for him. I'm going to be a witness, witness, witness for the Lord. But will you be a witness? I can see. Will you be a witness? witness. You ain't gotta be afraid of witness. Witness. Witness.
0: I got my sight, y'all. So what's the takeaway? I know you're asking it. I asked it myself. I said, Holy Spirit, what are the disciples supposed to take away from this? Number one, always have a defense. Number two, Prepare for false witnesses. And number three, take responsibilities. Let's hit number one. Have a defense. Here in the court case of Jesus, his defense was always the truth. We must stand by the truth. Whatever the Bible says, it is true. Whatever God has told you, it is true. God is not a man that he should lie. No matter what lies come stand on the truth. Your defense as a disciple is Jesus. Ask yourself, what would Jesus do? Ask yourself, what would Jesus say? Whatever you declare, that's what you do. Your defense is to walk in truth, to swear to tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So help you God. Do not live in a lie. Do not accept lies. Stand on the word of God do you hear me? I'm talking to you. (laughs) Let that reign true. Your defense is truth. Plain and simple. Number two, prepare for false witnesses. It's here in this defense that when I was reading it, people were trying to say, well, Jesus said this and Jesus said that. And Jesus did this. But you mean to tell me, Yana, all the good things that Jesus had done, he couldn't get one witness to come and testify in his defense. We as his disciples are his living testimony that we have received him we have received God's love and we walk and live in love they are going to lie on you who is the they whoever the enemy chooses to use in that day we know from this whole holy week that the devil was using Judas and he was a close disciple so he can use your family he can use your friends He can use your co-workers. He can use anyone and anything that he thinks will stop you. Prepare yourself for the lies. People will want to continue to bring up your past. But God is telling you that they are not a part of your present and they sure enough ain't a part of your future. Can't nobody tell your story like you tell your story. You ever played that game, Telephone? one person whispers something into another person's ear and by the time you get to the end of it the story is totally different when they try to tell your story they're gonna add things they're gonna take things away they're gonna try to take jesus glory away take away the glory of god but you come with your defense of the truth and you look your false witnesses in the face and declare that they are lying because uh they will come, and it'll be more than one time, it'll be more than one person, it'll seem like the whole world is against you. But if God be for you, He's more than the world against you. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? No matter who tries to defame you, embarrass you, uh call you out your name, call you everything but a child of God, you declare the truth. You keep sharing the word of God. You be not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Keep making your posts. Keep texting these people. Keep sending little voice messages. Whatever it is that God has assigned you to do, you do it. So what? All they're doing when they bring up your past is giving God free advertisement. Yes, I used to do this, but I don't do it no more. We can live in the truth of the things I used to do, I don't do no more. The places I used to go, I don't go no more. The people I used to hang with, I don't hang with them no more. You got to be okay with being lied on. Take it from Jesus. When the false witnesses came forth he ain't even he wasn't even faced and then also prepare for the instigators the ones that like to stir the pot because the chief priests came up to Jesus like you you ain't got nothing to say about this they, they lying on you right their they witnesses are saying that you did this that and the third what you got to say there was nothing to say because Jesus knew truth and you stand on truth and you walk in truth because listen let me tell you how many times i done been lied on (laughs) i mean oh and i'm talking about big lied on uh to where you know my freedom could have been taken away type of lies okay you have to be okay with people being used by the enemy just like you have, you okay with people being used by the Lord. With everything that God has, the enemy has a watered down imitation version of, okay? So you have to prepare yourself that when people proclaim your anointing, they proclaim your gifts. Oh, you're such a wonderful person. I love your spirit. Oh, my goodness. You just bless my heart every time you come around. As much as you receive that, you got to prepare yourself for the haters. you got to prepare yourself for the ones. But you don't have to address the haters. Be prepared for the hate, but you ain't got to address the hate. Because if you give them attention, <laughs> let me tell you what I've learned. People cannot argue with themselves. So the more they yap, close your trap. How about that? Don't say nothing. Because eventually they gonna hush because you're not gonna have a one-way argument there's nothing for me to address in that when all that you're saying is a lie so therefore I don't have to say anything to you Um, it's very easy to ignore people like seriously it is trust me I've ignored a lot of people because they disturbed my peace so when you get to a point where you just want your peace and you want to be delivered from drama you'll start seeing ways to cut off the ties to drama and sometimes that's where the false witnesses will be birthed in the moment that you realize that you know what I need to make my circle a little bit smaller that's when the false witness will come they'll tell things that you know may have been between you and them certain things you talked about or certain things that you did and that's okay because you are a disciple that has been delivered so let them lie God will get the glory out of it God will show who you are because what happens when people bear those false witnesses, and people have come to me with false witness about someone else. First of all, I'm checking motives. Okay, y'all was just buddy-buddy last week. Now, what what popped off for you to turn in such a way? And not only turn against them, but now you want to turn others against them. Like, come on. You can't just accept everything that people try to throw your way. People will try to throw their misery at you. You gonna catch it. No, no, I'm not catching that. I'm letting that drop (laughs) for sure. I'm not even about to be a part of that. So you must guard yourself and be prepared. Be prepared, disciples. Jesus said it when they were on the way to the garden. He was like, uh, disciples you will be offended this night because of me he like it's about to go down and if you associate it with me it's going down for you too most of the disciples were crucified they were martyrs for the cause they gave their life for spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ now in some of the countries that you're in you don't have to make that sacrifice but in others of the country you have to listen to me in secret you can't carry your Bible everywhere and you must you know secretly seek him and I'm praying for all of you that have to do that and I'm praying that where we, where I am that we won't have to come to that but keep seeking him even if you seek him in secret because the Bible also tells us what we do secretly in our relationship with God he will reward us openly don't be mad when the false witness comes (laughs) it's just confirmation think it not strange when you come against diverse adversity that when things come against you in this world realize it's confirmation that you are not of this world just as Jesus said lastly take responsibility you're going to have to get this point from Peter now Peter, he was a disciple. He's next in line for the throne, okay, Uh, of the church, of being the next leader, but he doesn't know this yet. And in this disciple walk, we see the development of all the disciples every so often all the disciples regardless of who it was whether it was peter or mark or john they all had faith issues and they even had ego issues they was at the last supper arguing about who was the greatest amongst the disciples jesus like whoever is great among you let him be a servant that's why i'm washing your feet So we must take accountability. Here is how you can take accountability out of even Peter's denial. Because even though this disciple had fallen and faltered by denying Jesus, the thing that he did that is so commendable that I encourage each and every one of us to do, though he faltered, He still followed. He still followed Jesus from judgment hall to judgment hall. He still followed even though he denied. Still follow even though you may have lying problems, even though you may have an addiction, even though you may have affliction, even though you may have health issues. Continue to follow. Your faults do not cancel out your fellowship with Christ. The Bible says a righteous man fall of seven times okay but you got to keep getting back up don't let the fact that you have fallen one time don't let the fact that you have sinned that will be your denial okay when we sin we deny Jesus because he don't want us to sin so every time we sin it's just like when Peter said I am not his disciple even though he denied Jesus just as Jesus said he would. He continued to follow him all the way to the cross. Continue to follow Jesus. Continue to keep pushing. Continue to renew your mind. Continue to be transformed. Continue. Don't quit. We all stumble. All have sinned and fallen short. Just determine, disciple, that you will be better today than you were yesterday and prepare to be even greater for tomorrow that's your takeaway (laughs) take that take that so i don't want to hear you using that excuse i'm gonna wait till i get my life all the way right and then i'm gonna get right with god You know, it's pastors still trying to get their life all the way right. Bishops, apostles, evangelists, teachers, preachers, still trying to get our lives right. But yet we go forth. We continue to follow. No excuses. Build up your relationship with God the Father, God the Son, and God Holy Spirit. Do you hear me? If you need help, and you want to know how can I start building my relationship? Leave me a voicemail. I will leave you a message back and give you a tip of how you can add Jesus to your day. It's real simple, too. Once you start doing it more often, it becomes a habit, then it becomes a lifestyle. Jesus is the best habit to have. <laughs> man, I I want you all to be encouraged, disciples. Uh, Take that away. No matter how many times you fall and deny, continue to follow Jesus. Because one day, one day, you'll fall less than you did the day before. One day, you won't fall at all. And to God be the glory for it all. When we come back, I'm gonna give you the rundown for this pilot problem. Oh man, pilot, pilot is like so many of us. We'll get into that. (laughs) Ah, Because in the pilot situation, that's where we enter the jurisdiction issues. All right, hang on, disciples. Because after this, the next episode, we at the cross. disciples now jesus has just been convicted and according to matthew he's the only one that mentions this but according to matthew As soon as Judas hears that Jesus has been convicted, he immediately has a change of heart. He goes back to the Pharisees and Sadducees, and he tries to return the money. He repents and everything. He's like, oh my goodness, I have sinned against the innocent man. Here's your money back. Just give me Jesus. And they're like, "Mm, nah, bruh. A deal is a deal. That sounds like a you problem that has nothing to do with us. So then once Judas realizes he can't buy Jesus back with the same money that he then sold him out with, he goes immediately to the temple. Um, it doesn't say what he does at the temple, except for that he leaves the money in the temple. Then immediately he leaves the church and he goes and hangs himself. He commits suicide. Those same Pharisees, they go to the temple. They find the 30 pieces of silver and they're like, "Mm, we cannot put this in the treasury because this is blood money. They knew it. Immediately they knew it was blood money and they didn't want to put the blood money in there with the holy money of the people that, <laughs> with the tithes and offering. So they take the money and then they go and buy a plotter's field. This is a field that they turn into a burial site for all their Jane Does and John Does. And so this field is now called the field of blood. Mm, mm, mm. You know, mm, each of the Synoptic Gospels has something that only it has. Matthew is the only one that mentions Judas and what happened to him after he betrayed Jesus. Mark is the only one to mention uh, the young man in the linen cloth in the Garden of Eden. Of Gethsemane. Luke is the only one to mention the jurisdiction issue that's going to come up in a minute. And John, he has so many things that he includes, like the seven I am statements and so much more. I encourage each of you to read each of the synoptic gospels and to see how they their point of view and how they felt about what was going on at the time so now that Judas uh, Jesus is convicted and Judas has committed suicide the Pharisees and Sadducees and all of them they bring Jesus to Pilate now The first thing that Pilate does that I do appreciate that he did is that he questioned Jesus. He asked him questions. He's like, um, what's up with everything that they saying you did? And Jesus says nothing. So the Pharisees and all of them, they're going crazy about it because, Pilate's like okay well I don't find no fault in him you know so go ahead and and I'll let him go they're like no crucify him crucify him and so they start adding on to the claim they're like he needs to be crucified because he's been teaching this perverted doctrine, and he's been stirring up the people, and he's been preaching and teaching this doctrine from Galilee all the way here to Jerusalem. As soon as Pilate hears Galilee, and then he goes and and confirms that Jesus is a Galilean, He then says, well, this is out of my jurisdiction. What y'all going to do is send him over to Herod. And so they march him from Pilate over to where Herod is. And Herod, at first, he was excited to meet Jesus because he had heard about the miracles, signs, and wonders that he did. So he like, yes, I'm about to meet Jesus. I'm excited about it then when Jesus shows up he's not impressed at all (laughs) you have to understand you know when you think you're gonna meet you know that celebrity or that person that you just been waiting to meet and then they come into you you meet them they all raggedy realized that Jesus had been jumped by the people his his clothes have been torn by the chief priest and he's been spit on beard pulled out guards done beat him up like he's a hot mess right now and so now all the things that Herod had heard that made him believe in Jesus when he sees Jesus he like "Mm." so this the one that was doing the miracles um, yeah, I don't think so. So then him and his guards start mocking Jesus. They make fun of him and everything. Then they give him this purple robe to put on because, you know, he's the king. And then they send him right on back to Pilate. <laughs> po Pilate. So now they're back, and they're yelling, crucify him, crucify him. Go ahead and crucify him. And then Pilate's wife comes over, and she, you know, gives him some wifely advice. I imagine her like, baby, listen, Mm-mm, don't do that. <laughs> she says, don't get involved with this, because I had a dream last night that this innocence." Man's blood was shed. Do not be a part of this. Now he listens and then he goes back to the people (laughs) and he declares again, I find no fault in this man. They're still in an uproar. So then someone, you know, remembers that the governor says that a prisoner is going to be released today for the holiday season. So then Pilate's like, okay, do you want me to release to you Jesus, king of the Jews? Or do you want me to release Barabbas, the murderer? Because in Pilate's mind, he's, he knows, he's like, you know what? No matter what Jesus has done or stand accused of, I know that they are not going to ask me to release a murderer so he's convinced that Jesus will still go free and he'll still have no you know backlash on him but you know what these jokers said give us Barabbas (laughs) just then Pilate is like "Mm -mm, I want no parts of this so he goes and get a basin bowl And he pours water in it. And then he washes his hands. This symbolizes to the people. I wash my hands of this situation. I wash my hands of this responsibilities. I wash my hands of all of it. Take Barabbas and take Jesus. And do whatever it is y'all want. This is on y'all. This ain't on me. Pilate sorry, that's a problem. It's all on you because he had the authority to change it and he did not. He gave the power over to the people and I'm sorry, but sometimes the people, we be wrong. We have mob mentalities and that's exactly what was going on. So now the mob has him. Barabbas the murderer is free and Jesus has now taken his place. They beat him some more. They scourge him, meaning whip him uh, with this whip that also had glass shards on it. So every time they hit him, they were digging in the skin and he's bleeding and all of that. Imagine slavery time. They did that to Jesus. Okay, so now he's being weakened. And then they expect him to carry his cross to Golgotha, also known as Calvary. While they're walking and, you know, Jesus is doing his best, they see a man and his name is Simon of Cyrene. The guards urge him to pick up Jesus's cross and carry it for him all the way to Golgotha. So Simon carries the cross for Jesus and Jesus is walking to his death. And as he's walking, the women are behind him and they start screaming and weeping and wailing and lamenting. That's all lamenting is. It's deep grief. Okay. Um, you know, the sound of lamenting, it's different than a simple cry. I recall hearing my mother lament when, um, I had to tell her that my cousin passed away from COVID 19. That cry is completely different than just a regular I'm sad cry. You'll know when you hear lamenting, it's a sound that you can't describe, but it gives you chills. So the women are crying and everything, and they're following Jesus. Jesus turns around. <laughs> and talks to the women. And it it seems to me that he gave them a warning. He says, daughters of Zion, don't weep for me, but weep for yourselves and your children. For if they will kill me, the green tree, imagine what they will do. When, when it's all dry out here, meaning after he's gone. Like, don't cry because Jesus is about to die. You need to be crying because of what they're going to do to Jesus' disciples, to all of you, us that believe in him. That's why we go through the things that we go through, because we believe. Y'all better read John 15, because Jesus tells you what to expect for being a believer. And it's deep okay he said if the world hate you ye know that it hated me before it hated you Jesus will not ask us to go through anything that he himself has not been through (laughs) okay so that's the rundown and when we come back we're gonna hit the takeaways and these are simple takeaways but they are very very powerful so stay with me disciples we're gonna dig deeper on this one Let's go. So here are your takeaway disciples. First of all, number one, talk to Jesus. Two, play your role. And number three, get in position. Talk to Jesus. When Pilate was trying to understand what was going on, he had a talk with Jesus. Anytime we need understanding, anytime we need clarification, before we make a final decision, have a talk with Jesus. Ask Jesus the questions you need answers to. Is this the job that I should take? Should I move on this side of town? Should I buy this car? Is this a nice color on me more? Whatever it is, Have a talk with Jesus. There used to be a song we used to sing, just a little talk with Jesus will make everything all right. The Bible tells us to take everything to God in prayer. Whatever it is, disciples, open your mouth and talk to Jesus. Jesus told them, Pharisees, according to Luke, if I tell them to be quiet, immediately the stones will cry out. You don't want a stone to cry out from you. Open your line of communication with God. Prayer is where we talk to Him. Meditation is where He talks to us. <laughs> get you some prayer meditation going on and you will discern better you will hear from god better you will know when the holy spirit is moving and how he's moving and how he's speaking to you talk to jesus your second point play your role see Pilate. He was tripping. He had the power and authority, but he did not want to use it. There's a time and a season for everything. This was the time for him to flex, and he chose to falter. He chose to wash his hands of the situation. Don't have power and authority and wash your hands of the situation. If God has given you the power and authority, it is your duty as a disciple to move in the name of Jesus, to make decisions on behalf of Jesus. Do you hear me? You can also play your role as Simon of Cyrene. He was willing to pick up the cross of someone else and carry it for them. He was willing to help someone else that wasn't able to do what they needed to do you can pick up someone's cross by praying for them, by blessing them financially, by blessing them in love and charity, by just being a friend, showing yourself friendly, showing those characteristics of Christ that Peter denied. You can talk like Jesus. You can walk like Jesus, for you are an ambassador of Christ. But you must play your role. You got to know who you are in the kingdom. Are you an encourager? If you are, be the best encourager there is. If you are a praise and worship leader, you better lead the best praise and worship. You better lead some radical praise and worship. Play your role. Finally, get in position. Jesus accepted that it was his purpose. You get in position and you walk in your purpose. You walk in it, regardless of what it costs you, regardless of who it costs you. You continue to walk towards your purpose. Yes, the purpose is hard. Yes, it may beat you down at times, but you continue to walk in your purpose. Don't let what other people say to you, don't let what other people do to you stop you from fulfilling your purpose. You will get the help you need. Jesus got the help you need. He, here comes Cyrus, uh, Simon of Cyrene. He carried that cross for Jesus. And you and I as his disciples, we must pick up our cross and carry it daily. We got to Every day there's a mission. Every day we are crucified for our love for Christ. But it's okay that we be crucified on earth. For we shall be in glory with him. Amen? That made me feel good. So, listen, if you ain't hearing nothing else, you better walk in your purpose. walk in it and live in love I pray that each and every one of you were encouraged you may be going through a current uh, spiritual court case right now listen the Bible tells us that the enemy always accuses us to God he accused Job he was like you know why, why Job serve you like that because you got that hedge of protection around him I bet you if you took it away he wouldn't serve you like he do Right now, God and the enemy are having a conversation about you. The enemy is plotting on you, but God has a plan. Go forth, be great in God, and walk in your purpose, disciples. I'll see you on the next episode of Holy Week when we at the cross. Seven last words. I love you all. street disciples want to know how you can get connected and stay connected it's so simple get connected follow favorite and subscribe to this show Get the first notifications of the latest episodes, stay connected, like our Facebook page and join the private group. You'll know you're in the right place because it has the same graphic as the podcast. Here you can comment on weekly discussions and I'll do some lives and there's daily encouragement and get a sneak peek of up and coming events and episodes. Listen, last but not least, you can definitely leave me a voice message. I'll answer, whether it's a prayer request or you got an idea for an episode, you want to be a guest on the show, you got music for the show, or you want me to be a guest on your show. Let's do it. It's all about the kingdom connection and kingdom building. We're doing big things in the kingdom. Come on, let's go.